Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. you have met because 
you know, you're looking at all of these things and, you know, what could be right and what's right. It wasn't right for your mama and it wasn't right for your co-worker and all of that kind of stuff. If that's what you're gauging all of this on, you need to be before the Lord. Because you may be right, you know, Tamika said yesterday that, you know, women have this intuition and she's absolutely right god gives us a level of discernment however most times we don't even consult or pay attention to that intuition so stay before the lord and uh, see if he deems what's going on is you know fake because it just is so good, it just cannot be true. Okay? All right, what else did she warn us about yesterday? She said, you're probably dealing with a pathological liar if you find it near impossible to verify supposed facts they've given out about their life. Now, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to be taking no time to be checking out everything that he says. You know, I, 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 uh, I you know, I, I know women. I know some women. You know, as soon as he starts talking, they start googling, they start doing some research, and I'm saying to myself, well, then, how do you build trust in a relationship? Are we supposed to be doing some digging? If that's, is, is that what God wants us to do? You know, then why have God? If we're going to check everything out. Now, there may be some, you know, something that, you know, we may have to check out. But we're not going to go through every time he says something. I'm going to be pulling up some Google or asking him for some type of proof. Because, again, a, mar- a marriage is supposed to be built on trust. Well, are we really trusting if we're verifying everything? Nah. There, there's no trust there. You know, no. No, 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 no. And, you know, one of the other things that we uh, talked about yesterday, and we got into a nice little conversation they dismiss your feelings. Now, we ended up talking, I don't even remember how we got to the care factor. You know, you know, you know, or you'll find, figure out that he doesn't care about you. And, oh, we were talking about if he lies to you. If he lies to you, you know, he doesn't care. And that's my take. But Pastor K.L. says that, you know, a person could really care about you. So, you know, I want you to go back and listen to that conversation and, you know, look at all the points that were made and see if, you know, or see which side of the coin, you know, you're on. And then again, ask God. You know, again, you know, I, I, I kind of base how I think on what God says. I, I have to, because if I don't, then I can't live a godly life. 
And I know, I, I know that I know that I know that this rubs a lot of people wrong because what it does is it challenges a many. Oh, I promise you. It, it, it really challenges, challenges a lot of people. And I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I'm not arrogant because it took a long time for me to get right here where I am. You know, this, this came with some real struggles. Yeah, I mean, all of this stuff, when you hear me say, you know, what did God say? And when you see me take a stance, it comes with some trial and error. But I, I go back to saying something that I have said to you quite often. When I was a kid, you didn't have to tell me none two or three times. No, you know, some people, you know, if you if you say don't do it, you know, I remember Pastor Charlotte used to say that all the time. You know, she said, you know, what is it? all she needed was for somebody to tell her not to do something. And that was exactly the thing that she did. Ah, mm, 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 mm. Now, Stephanie, if I got in trouble for something one time, oh, you ain't never got to worry about me doing that again. And I realized how God used that in my adult years. I see how God used that in my walk with Christ. You know, I, I know a lot of people think I'm arrogant and, I, I, you know, she knows everything. And no, that's because God ain't got to tell me nothing nine times. He may have to tell you something nine times, but he ain't got to tell me nothing no nine times. So, listen, if, if, if he snatches me by the collar and he didn't choke me up and <laughs> said, hey, you don't need to be doing this, or should you be doing this, then you, you, you ain't got to visit Stephanie no more. Mm-mm. You may have to visit me about something else, but you're not going to have to visit me about that thing. And that's, what, that's just what I live by. I can't, I can't utilize the time that God has given me to just be doing stupid stuff or doing things that he's already corrected me about doing. I that that just I, I just can't I can't I can't I, I never like getting in trouble I didn't like punishment I didn't like beatings and, I, and like I said he took that very thing and he used it for my today so you know when I was having that conversation yesterday with Pastor K I've learned the hard way that people really don't care about you when you compare what real love and care is. According to God, I don't care how much you say you love and care about me. If I'm looking at the Word of God and it's telling me that this is what love and care entails, if you miss that mark, then guess what? Mm-mm. You don't love me. No, thank you. I don't need that kind of love. Mm-mm. No, I'll pass. So that that's why you see me take the stance I've taken. I've taken a lot of bumps and bruises, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't look like what I've been through. Oh, no, I don't. And maybe one of the reasons is because I didn't have to keep doing the same. I didn't do the same thing over and over again. And, you know, I had to really wear all those bumps and bruises. So, you know, I... 
encourage you to just delve into this word of God because that's going to really, really make the difference in how you live your life and how you view things. And when I I, I tell people, okay, I can't adapt to that level of thinking, it's because there's something in this Bible that has told me okay, this is what I need you to do, or this is what I don't need you to do, or this is what God's people do, or this is what the, pe- the people of the world do. And, 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 and I, I gauge my life according to that. Or God has snatched me up and said, oh, I think you need to look at this a little differently. So, listen, you want to know if somebody care about you? Go to the Word of God. And see what the see what the Lord says. Don't take this worldly nonsense and and make it your Bible, because then you'll be dealing with a whole lot of stuff. Because he cared, because she cares. No, that's all right. Mm-mm. So that's how we spent our conversation in relationships yesterday. Well, yesterday was Monday, and it was time for the switch with Shantice. Stop going back to what's familiar. Hey, look at look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Partnering up with the conversation we had moments before. Yes. Stop going back to what's familiar. And that's what happens. That's what probably happened in this relationship with this woman. You know, she went back to, you know, either, either something that, she had already experienced that went wrong, so she looked at what was right, quote unquote, and went with that. Or she went back to something that she thought was right and ended up in the wrong. Yeah, I know it sounds a little twisted, but if you think about that thing, just 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 let it marinate. I promise you, it'll make sense. I promise you, it'll make sense. You know, the Bible tells us. You know, don't it's, it don't go back to the old stuff, especially the stuff that's not that means you harm. That's going to just harm you all across the way, because it's like a dog going back to its own vomit. And man, it's not a pretty thought. It's not a pretty sight. But can you imagine? That's what God. I keep telling y'all. Let's look at the way God looks at this thing. See, here, here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. We go back and say, "Well, I just, you know, wanted to to see, or I, you know, it was it didn't work that way before because it was with so and so." But you know, I tried it again because I thought it would work with so and so, and you know. All you felt was that you were, you know, getting stung a little bit. But God said, no, that was like going back to your own vomit. See, we don't look at it like that. I just keep saying, are we looking at this thing the way God is looking at it? Now, we know that the Lord says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But, hey, listen, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. We do see the way God looks at things. Yes, we do. He's already clued us in. This is one of the ways he's shown us how he looks at things. So that's how we need to look at things. He says, yes, when you keep returning to the things that mean you no good, 
It's like a dog going back to its own vomit. Do you want to envision yourself going back to your own vomit? Do you realize that that's what you're doing? Because that's the way God looks at us, and that's what God sees. So you have to pay attention. Let's pay attention to this word of God and get this thing together. Because I'm sorry, that that's not a pretty picture for me, and I surely don't want to be going back to my own vomit. No, sirree. No, no, no. So that's how we spent our Monday. If that ain't a way to shake the blues, then woo. <laughs> I don't know what is. Well, today, as you see, it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday, Church Folk Day. Yes. And we have already gotten underway. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time when Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. God's best. Our lives have changed so much with how we work, how we travel, how we teach our kids, and how we see our friends and family. But what hasn't changed is our need for annual breast exams. During the COVID-19 crisis, we need to ensure that research continues for breast cancer. Research is the reason we can help for a future without breast cancer. Please join Lifetime in supporting the Breast Cancer Research Foundation to help stop breast cancer for life. Good morning and good morning again. You know, this is the first time. Oh, well, I got to finish that. Good morning, good morning, good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Do you know that's the first time I, I, I thought I thought it said when we were in COVID, and I just hear, heard it when it said we're in COVID. So, boy, did I miss that one? Mm-mm-mm. Well, listen, you got the point. You got the point, you got the point, you got the point. Well, I'm so glad that you're with me today so that we can share this morning together and we can chat. And, you know, I always invite you to talk back to me. So what are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? Uh, I got a bunch of stuff here. But kind of go with what I'm feeling. Okay. Here's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. How many of us buy things and we don't look at the receipt? Or do you sign for things and you don't look at the receipt? Or do you, you know, when you tap, because most of our cards are tapped now, 
when you tap your card, do you look at the amount of money on the register or, you know, does it match what the person told you? Well, baby, there was a woman who purchased some Subway sandwiches. I don't know if you heard of this story, but this was like really, really something else. So she goes to purchase some Subway sandwiches, and I'm trying to see. I think she she bought three, and she said that where she lives, the Subway sandwiches cost between $6.50 $6.50 and $12. Well, somehow or another, check this out. She was charged over $1,000 for the Subway sandwich. Sandwiches. Now, here's the thing that I, this is why I ask you, did, do you look at the cash register or do you make sure you look at the number that's on the register or listen to what they say to you or watch what happens throughout this entire transaction because she ended up paying, she was charged $1,021.50. Now, I don't know about you. I can't stand. I only use cards at the at, when I go shopping. I, I do not use cash money. And one of the most annoying things, I don't. I, I hate to see something wrong on my receipt. So what I do is, I, yes, I do. I am that woman that ties up the line because <laughs> when you're scrolling and scanning. I want to make sure that what I was told or what I saw it was on the shelf or in the circular, that's what you rang it up to be. Because I don't want to have to go back and ask you to credit my card. And that happened to me um, one time years ago when I, I got home and I don't know, something to, I, 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 it matched. But I was charged twice the same amount of money. So you can't help that because you don't see that up front. But ever since then, I really pay attention to what's going on. So this woman here, she did catch it. Oh, somebody says they too. They always look at receipts and they hold up the cash register. Well, You'll see why that's beneficial. So she gets her receipt, and the receipt says this ten twenty one fifty. But she, that's what happens when she gets home. Yeah. So she goes back to the to the uh, subway, which is in a gas station, and we know that happens quite often. They'll put a subway, excuse me, a subway store inside she goes back to the store and (laughs) inside the gas station and they say they're closed and it says it's closed 
temporarily for the foreseeable future. So needless to say, this is taking her bank account, you know, into a tizzy or her credit card into a tizzy. Well, she called all over the place trying to get a refund, and it took her seven weeks. Now, unfortunately, it wasn't her debit card, because had it been her debit card, then it probably would have been rejected. But because it was her credit card, and her credit card, um, I guess, had you know, a limit above that amount of money, it went through. And she really, really, really was strapped for those seven weeks. She said that during that time, she they were struggling to eat. Mm, she said, I'm just trying to, I was just trying to make ends meet at that point. So, you know, what kind of mess is that? What kind of mess is that where you charge the people, you know, this kind of money, and then when they go back, you closed? No, see, that would automatically make me think that that was something intentional. Because how you type all of that? Because, see, see, here's why this makes no sense. So she ordered three sandwiches. So three sandwiches would not have come to $10.21. Nah, that, that somebody keep that in intentionally. She said because what happened was there were several sandwiches, and when she punched up one of the sandwiches, she punched, oh, I'm saying she, I'm sorry, I don't know if it was a male or female, but the the uh, person punched up 10-10 for one sandwich. So, yeah, mm, I don't know. Check your receipts. That's all I'm saying. Don't get caught out there with the okey-doke. Check your receipts. Now, we got this USPS nonsense going on. So this is the first part of Let's Talk About It Tuesday. Today is going to be be on the alert. So you've got a former postal worker. They say pull the okey-doke. There's some kind of key that they use, and that person took the key and sold it. Now, they call it an arrow key, and this arrow key opens up all the blue boxes. Now, we've seen those blue boxes. Yeah. Well, I don't think where they are. Because, yeah, the blue boxes, yes. So they say months before that person had, they even got caught, they had stolen the key and sold it. And then she texted the individual so much anxiety. Mm. The post office has become very strict. Now, what very strict we talking about? <laughs> How? That makes no sense to me. 
they became very strict. So at one point, were they just letting people purchase the Blue Key, but now they changed their mind and they got much stricter and stopped allowing people to sell the Blue Key? Wow. Well, here's what happened. Somehow or another, the person was making some counterfeit checks based on the mail. So when you put your check in the mail, that person took the numbers off the check and made some counterfeit checks and put it through the ATM machine. So I guess they figure... If I put this through the ATM machine, you know, you get, they give you the credit for the deposit. Well, it ain't go so well because they ended up getting caught. So she ended up, I want to see, you know, I always like to read you the charges. Uh, let's see what kind of charges. Well, she was, or she's been sentenced. 32 years old. She's been sentenced to two years and six months in jail on conspiracy, bank fraud, aggravated identity theft, and theft of a UPS key. And the two years is not the only thing. She's been made to pay 48 thousand three hundred and thirty four dollars and ten cents by the judge and an additional five hundred dollars they say in special assessments so i don't know what those five hundred dollars is gonna go to but yeah she's she's getting smashed and he's only giving her two years so she's going to be paying off this 50000 for a little bit. She's going to be able to work this off by all means. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. That's crazy. So it was a man who she sold the key to. He was caught and pled guilty to charges of conspiracy to commit bank fraud and aggravated identity theft. And he has to go to jail to get, uh, he's going to federal court. And remember, that's federal charges when you're dealing with the United States Postal Service. I mean, is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Because, see, now you're not going to be able to get certain jobs. You're only 32 years old. God spares your life. you got a long way to go. If he lets you live to be 72, that's a long way to go. I mean, is it worth it? Most times it's not, but everybody thinks about now. Nobody really thinks about later. Everybody thinks about, you know, what, well, okay, I, I need to get this now. I need to have this now. Mm-mm-mm. So what else are we talking about? What else are we talking about today? Well, here's an interesting story. So in Indiana, there's a woman who lost two babies. How 
I'm going to tell you in a minute. Well, this Aliyah Likens from Indiana is facing reckless homicide and neglect of a dependent. I told you, boy, are they getting crafty with these charges. Okay, not child abuse, not neglect, um, or, or, you know, anything like neglect of a dependent. So, she was breastfeeding her newborn in bed on October 9th when she said she fell asleep and when she woke up, her two-week-old daughter was in cardiac arrest. They say when the first responders arrived, the baby reportedly was not breathing and she was pronounced dead soon after they got to the local hospital. Now, why is she being charged with aggravated, wait, neglect of a dependent and homicide? Because back in 2020, the same thing happened. Mm. So, well, that happened in 2021. They say her other baby, two-month-old son, he was in the bed with her, and he passed away. So when the when the EMS got there for this baby, she said to them, oh, no, I did it again. So they're calling this death co-sleeping. Now, how many people raise their kids in the bed? They got big old crib, bassinet, drawer, <laughs> but yet the baby in the bed with you. And they have complained, people have complained about these babies being in these beds. And most times the complaint is, you know, well, the baby won't you know, know how to separate. You know, there's that separation anxiety. Once the baby starts sleeping in the bed with you, they don't want to sleep in their own bed. That's like the biggest issue you've heard. But now they've got these charges co-sleeping. So they arrested her. They didn't arrest her back the first time. But this time... They say, you know what, you knew better. Or if you didn't know better, you should have known better. So they said, we didn't charge you the first time. This is what they said they told her. We didn't charge you the first time. But we sure enough charging you this time. So listen, keep them babies out of your bed. Now, she said she was breastfeeding. So that's what she said she remembers when she went to sleep. It doesn't say that she rolled over on the baby. It doesn't say that the breast smothered the baby. It didn't say anything like that. All they say is when she woke up, the baby woke up, she was in cardiac arrest, and they're blaming the fact that the mother, that she was in the bed with the mother. So um, I'm warning you, get 
those babies out of your bed. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. All right. What do I want to talk about next? Well, your buddy. You know who I'm talking about. Go ahead and fill in that blank. Go ahead and fill in that blank. Yep. Mayor Adams. He's so two-faced. You know, he is just, he don't know what side of the fence he want to be on. Just call it a day. You will never be reelected. So you might as well go ahead and do what you're going to do because ain't nobody else cared before you. So you might as well stop caring too and just do what you're going to do because your flipping of the script is not going to do you any good. So he's, they claim he's talked about this before. And you know what? He may have, but who cares at this point? That's number one. And number two, who can keep up? I have never heard of a of a of a mayor doing so much talking as as this one here. So they say that Mayor Eric Adams is saying that when a migrant participates in some level of robbery robbery or crime that that felony should cause them to be turned over to ICE and deported. (sighs) Yeah, crickets, I'm sleeping. I'm not paying him no mind. So they say that this has become a real problem for him because the police chief and the police department are now focusing on these illegal mopeds that these migrants have been found to ride and are committing, they say, crimes with drugs and guns and thefts because that was the thing. They were riding by, snatching people's bags and all kinds of things. But, you know, he said that not all migrants and asylum seekers were committing crimes and Some of them are here to work. I don't want to hear that. I don't know about y'all. I'm not interested in hearing, you know, what they really here for, and it's not all of them. You don't have to tell us it's not all of them when we're at the tune of 180,000 of them. We know you didn't let 180,000 criminals into the United States. But if you let one criminal into the United States, that's enough. Stop giving me this ratio about, you know, it's 10 to 1, 20 to 50. I'm not interested. Like I said, I can't speak for you. I can't speak for Pastor KL and Pastor Jeff and Shantice. Personally, I don't care. I didn't ask you for the stats. So you can hold on to your stats. I'm not interested. So they claim that at one point or another, he has said before that migrants committing crimes should be handed over to ICE and deported. Yeah, 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 and whatever. 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 You know, he says, it's a right to live in this city, and you should not be committing crimes in our city. 
Did you give them the speech before you let them hear? It, did, did the speech come after they got here? And they listen. More crimes have happened with teenagers and young people than the adults. Or you've caught more of the young people than adults. So that already shows you that these people were already in the swing of things before they got here. That's why I don't want to hear what you got to say. We said from the beginning, you weren't vetting these people. You were just letting them in. So now you have proven so that you that's what you've done. So now you're going to make, you know, the oh, well, everybody doesn't. Do, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You're to blame. Because you didn't fight hard enough. Now, maybe everybody don't agree, but I'm all right with that, too. Mm. All right. I want to talk about this next story. Now, let me get this let me get this together. So out in Baton Rouge, talk about some negligence. Oh, my goodness gracious. Talk about some negligence. So you've got these two cousins. Now they've been charged with the murder, or they've been charged with murder for allegedly beating a three-year-old girl to death. Now, here's what's the disturbing part about this, even more so than it's a three-year-old. Because the two cousins... Are 10 and 12. Now, they said that they're being accused of beating little blessing buckles until she suffered a fatal brain bleed. Now, they also found a four-year-old girl who was also badly beaten. Now, where were the mamas? They had left the eight kids in the house alone to go gambling. Now, one might say that at least the kids were 10 to 12 years old. And, you know, when you were a kid, you know, you used to watch all the kids or when, you know, you, you when you go out, you leave the 10 and the 12-year-old to watch all the kids? Well, here's the problem. They say that the oldest one, 12 years old, he was known to be violent with the younger kids. This was something that they knew. And they say that one of the women was staying, her and her kids, was staying with the other mother for two weeks. And she knew her nephew had a history of violence against other children. And she had seen bruises on one of her other daughters after she was left alone with the boy already. But she ignored her children's pleas for help. So, the best part about this story 
is that the little boys are not going to be the only one that will be charged that so will the mamas. Yes. So they will not get away with this either. Because this here, this, 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 this is, there was no reason for this to happen. Now they're pulling up the fact that the mother of the little girl who was found unresponsive, that she had been arrested for stealing some clothes out of Walmart and for stealing an iPad, two guns, and business checks (laughs) from someone's home. They say she also supposedly threw a brick through the windshield of another woman's car in 2020 and is wanted on two active warrants from undisclosed cases. Mm-mm-mm. Now, the other mama, so this must be a family of criminals. So the other mama allegedly set a car on fire next to someone's home and was charged with murder in 2021 for allegedly shooting a woman to death but was never indicted by a grand jury. Now they say witnesses claim that she tampered with security cameras to avoid detection. So they are both being held on $40,000 bond. Now, you being held on a $40,000 bond and both y'all got all of this stuff against you alone, they ain't ain't even counting to me because when you talk about all this other stuff, that's a $40,000 bond right there. You ain't even added up the fact that y'all done left this baby in the house with, with, with the kids who were known to be abusive. Boy, I hope that gambling was worth it. Because now that thing cost you your freedom and the baby's life and the other little baby who was found badly beaten. Who does that? You leave your kids in the house with boys who have been found to have beaten children before. Well, Look, 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 look. It could have been something sexual that went on. We, You don't even know that. Man. They don't disclose the, the ages of the other children because, again, like I said, the total were eight kids left in the house. So they're only talking about what happened with four of them, the two older ones and the three and the four-year-olds. So the other four... They're not even mentioning, and they're not even saying that the the range of ages. Oh, my goodness gracious, I tell you. You're not going to get no worse than some of these stories here. Well, before we bring our due time crew on, I want to do one more story. Hmm. All right, so some people really can't stand clergy. Well, we seem that we seem to see that there's this this uh continuation of poisoning people. Well, this Catholic priest in Italy 
was handed a poison chalice. I've heard this pronounced a few ways, but that's how I'm going to say it today. And he's been speaking against the mafia out in Italy. And they say he's known for bravely denouncing organized crime. So he's gotten death threats and all kinds of things. But, you know, he's still pushing forward. He said he's not going to be silenced by this dirty mob. And this mob is known to be quite violent. So he's really brave, they say, because everybody else has, they've been silenced by, you know, this this mafia, this gang. And he says, no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not being quiet. Well, on Sunday, they went to give him his beverage, and it's good he didn't have a cold because he said he smelled bleach and stopped the entire um, whatever they were doing. And when they checked, he called the cops. And when they checked, they found that there was bleach and some other toxic <laughs> stuff in the glass. So that's what they're doing. they poisoning the priest to get him to shut up. So I tell you, they did no respect, no respect for the church, no respect for the church at all. You know, just kill a priest like you kill everybody else. No fear, no no, no concern of, of how God is going to deal with you. No, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, let's say good morning to our due time crew. Let's say good morning to our Pastor Jeff. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. How are you? How are you? All right. You all right? All right, all Pastor right. Jeff. Good. I'm glad to hear you're all right. So we could get to discussing some of this stuff we just got finished talking about. Where do we start? Hmm. Let me see where we start here. All right, Pastor Jeff. Are you one who looks at your receipts when you go to the store? Yes. Do you think sometimes the cash re- the, the the cashiers they be punching up stuff to kind of slide some money in their pocket? I mean, I've never caught them doing it. <laughs> you know, because, you oh, know, okay. I, I, catch, I, catch, I catch it. I'm going off. <laughs> but I've, I've never caught it. But I'm, I'm, I'm right. sure, you know, they do it. I mean, you know, I've, I've heard people having that problem. <laughs> Just ha- I have it. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Well, thank God you have it. They, 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 they probably size, they probably size up people too, you know. <laughs> who, you know, who, 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 who they can get over on? The yeah. old and the elderly, and you know. I believe. I'll reach over and grab one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, Pastor Jeff. So, you know, so when you pull, reach over and grab one of them, and you tell, you gonna tell them you're a pastor. 
No, I didn't mention that at all. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, but oh my goodness. I, I don't I don't see where I'll be wrong being a pastor reaching over and grabbing your behind trying to take my money. <laughs> so wait, Pastor Jeff, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this real quick. There are times when my girlfriend used to call it busting off. Like, you just want to bust off on somebody. You want to tell them off. You want to cuss them out. You want to grab them up. Do you sometimes say to yourself, nope, because I may have to witness to this person. This person might be coming up in my church one day, or I may have, somebody may find out that I'm a pastor. Does that ever cross your mind? All the time. I Constantly. I mean, I, I, had, I was driving. I had, I guess I must have made somebody mad and the guy and his wife kept trying to cut me off every light going down his mm. right and and I you know I'm like oh this nigga wanna hit me you know and I you know at the the next night I jumped out and I you know I was getting ready to grab this nigga out of his car and a lady came by and she says he's crazy sir it's not worth it and she brought me back to my right mind and then I re- and then I started thinking about everybody seeing me, and somebody might recognize me. You know, <laughs> so I'm const- I'm constantly, you know, got you know thinking about that because I run into people all the time, you know. <laughs> okay. Like, hey, Pastor Burns, you know. All righty, all righty. I was just curious. I probably ask Pastor Kale the same thing, but you know, a lot of times that goes through my head. So I thought about it when you said you wanted to reach over. And grab somebody who was trying to mess with your money. All right, Pastor Jeff, we've got these two cousins, ten and twelve, who who they've been charged with beating this two-year-old little girl to death, while the two mamas left all the kids, up to eight kids, in the house while they go uh, gambling, and they knew. They knew that they knew that they knew that the 12-year-old had been um, beating up the younger children already. And I'm looking here now, and it says the eldest was the 12-year-old murder suspect. Woo! And they left him in the house, even though he was known to be violent with the younger kids, even to the point where one of the mothers said that she had seen bruises on one of her other daughters that she had left along with him before. But she, they said she ignored her children's pleas for help. So the first thing I want to ask you is, what do they do with the 12-year-old, in your opinion? I mean, he, he, that 12-year-old needs to get charged as an adult. In my opinion, you know, they leave, leaving them kids like that. I mean, and the, and the parents and all of that, they all need to go to jail for forever. Because I, I see so much of it, and I'm sick of it. I don't understand why people don't, you know, protect their kids, put their kids first. They, you know, they got they run, women leaving their kids alone to run off with some dude. You know, I get a lot of that and, and got to talk to people. Well, you know, one one girl in my church, she turned to left her kid, six year old kid, home by themselves overnight so she could go to the club. You know? Mm. And it's like 
you know, she was a tenant of mine. And, you know, and somebody else came in. It was like the kid did by himself. And, and, and all excuse she had was, oh, she was asleep. I figured she wouldn't wake up until I got home. You know, and I, I'm, I'm so sick of that. I'm sick of it. I, I see so much of it. I see these women, leave, you know, leaving their kids, um, you know, with, 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 with their known pedophiles. They know it, but they want to go to the club. So that's the only babysitter they, 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 they can get. There's just so much of this stuff, man. I, you know, it, it makes me angry. And, I, and that, yeah, you knew that kid was violent. You're, y'all knew your kids was violent, but you're going to take the chance. And the little baby, they're helpless. They can't defend themselves. You know, they, they can't make the decisions. You know, you make the decisions, mm-hmm. you know, for that kid to get murdered. Your butt need to go to jail forever. That, that's how I feel about it. Right, all right, and I'm not taking responsibility from the dads neither, you know. But you know, if if you the one that got custody, you know, you know, you 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 got to be the one responsible. Okay, okay, makes sense. Makes every bit of sense. Makes every bit of sense. All righty. Now, what do you say about the mafia (laughs) who? wants to poison the priest because he's talking about organized crime. Now, clearly there's no more respect for the church if there ever was, but what should you what do you say has should happen to him? <laughs> well, my thing is, you talk about the mafia, I mean they're already lawless. You know what I'm saying? They they don't mind murdering. There's no, no crime they mind doing. I mean, you want them to have respect. First of all, I don't have respect for the Catholic Church anyway. But you want them to have respect for the church? I mean, <laughs> they don't respect life. So the core okay. of them is no respect. So what, what are you expecting okay. them to, to, have, to have boundaries? You know, when there's really no boundaries, we know that. I mean, they say they have boundaries. Or we don't kill women and children. They they do kill women and children. The mafia, you know, you know. Or we don't kill cops, but they do kill cops. I mean, there's no boundaries. Sin is progressive. I I don't expect somebody that don't know the Lord to have respect for the church. You know. Okay, okay, makes sense, Pastor Jeff. Makes every bit of sense. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's talk to our Pastor KL and see what he has to say. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? Well, after that roasting yesterday, I don't know how I should be today, but I guess I'm okay. You know what? You're just (laughs) such a baby. Oh, my goodness gracious. People that moved on, got married, had kids, traveled the world, and you're still talking about what happened yesterday. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Well, I'll ask you like I asked Pastor Jeff. You know, do you look at your receipts when you purchase stuff from the store? Every time. Mm. Have you ever been mischarged and had to kind of go back and, you know, well, deal I don't with go, something? I don't go back. I, I, I look at it right then and there. But, yeah, I've, I've been mischarged, yes, or and overcharged. how have you handled it? 
How have uh, you handled it? Did you see it was? Did you think it was just an honest mistake? Do you think somebody was trying to get over? Do you think they purposely do stuff to try to get over? If you have an EAS program, um, you know, with the scanning and stuff like that, it, it can be an honest mistake because they can get you financially. They can. Let's just say I needed some dishwashing liquid. You as the cashier, you can bring an extra dishwashing liquid and then take the dishwashing liquid, but you can't take the money for it. Because the money, you know, you have to account for the money. The right, product has right, already right. been sold, so it's out of the system. So you can take right. the product, but you can't take the money. Right, right, right. Only she tried to. <laughs> okay, right. okay, okay. All righty. Let's talk about some of this news here. You've got the uh, little girl who was murdered by the 10 and the 12 year old who they knew were violent and even one of the boys had been they had warned the uh, mother about the fact that he was violent against young the younger children even seeing marks on one of her daughters and they had to go gambling what should they do with the 10 and the 12 year old well, well I, you know, I'm, I'm with Pastor Jeff. I think that they should be tried as adults. You know, that, that that's murder. You know, but, you know, from the other side of it also, you know, you're going out gambling. So before you left the house, you took a gamble because you left these mm. kids in the house. So, so you started gambling before you got to the gambling uh, arena. You know what I mean? Your whole life has been a gamble. You know, when, when yeah. you start talking about the rap sheets, of the women, they gambled their whole life. Their whole life, they, mm-hmm. they, they've never took responsibility correctly. You know what I'm saying? So, so that, that's just who they are. You know, we talked yesterday. People are, are who they are. You know what I mean? Just because you have a child does not make you a, a, a mother. It makes you a parent. But it doesn't make you a mother. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Pastor KL. Oh, we're talking about the mafia who is threatened by the priest who is talking about all of the crime and, you know, the organized crime. He's denouncing organized crime, and they try to poison him. They put bleach in his containers of water and wine. What do you think about that? Do you think that, you know, this, okay, so now they have completely lost any respect the church well i mean they, they've lost they've lost respect for god i mean that, that's first of all when you know the, the, the mafia is organized crime so when you kill people you know that that's a sin you know so if if, if i don't respect or i don't high um if i don't have god hold god as a high esteem then how do i hold man as a high esteem you know so i mean okay. forgive it church you know, they, they've lost respect for God. So meaning that anything that comes down under God is respectless. <laughs> God, with your dictionary self. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor KL, for your point of view. Let's see what your girl Shanti has got to say. Come on, Shanti. 
Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Good morning. Fine, thank you. How are you? Good, good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. All right, how do you handle these receipts? Do you look at them while you're in the store? You know, do you let the people just scan the stuff you don't watch? What, What say you? No, I'll be watching now, even to where, like, I put all the sale items together. So, like, if it's the soda and it's four for five, I put all the sodas together to make sure they ring up four for five. And there's been times I've told the cashier, like, well, slow down, slow down with the ringing because i got to make sure I'm paying attention <laughs> to how it's being rung up so that at the end I'm not now looking at the receipt and seeing that you, you know, charge me wrong and it's not like I paid with cash. So now this whole process is going to be annoying. Because I paid with a card. Yeah, but I've learned to, even before I get the receipt, I'm like clocking that that screen as they're scanning my stuff. Okay, okay, okay. That should make for a much easier process. All right, what do you Mm -hmm. say about this 10- and 12-year-old who both have been charged with beating the 3-year-old to death as well as beating the 4-year-old? badly, what do you think should happen to them? Well, it sounded like they were mad because they had to babysit. Um, they, ugh, they definitely need to be punished. To charge as an adult, I don't know. It's this whole, like, who who left them in charge? How often were they left in charge? You know, so it's like, do you blame how far do you blame them as their kids when like you said it's been told that they have issues and no one ever did anything so are you so busy wanting to go away or wanting to go out that you didn't even reprimand them for something that they did before and now how surprised are you that it has gotten to this point so definitely punish them but it sounds like there's some other people that need to be punished too. Oh yeah, they they've definitely snagged the parents. Well, they caught one yeah, of the mothers. You know, she had an open warrant, so bingo, they got her. Um, but definitely, they're definitely charging the parents with neglect and, and some other charges. So they're definitely not going to get away with it. I'm coming back to that because that was that was my next round with you three. So I'm going to come back to that. We're talking about this mafia, and Pastor Jeff and Pastor Kale have said, hey, you know, there's already a disregard for life. Why should a priest's life be any different? What say you? <laughs> uh, I want to sound biased. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. They're they're gonna do what they're gonna do. So again, it's like, how surprised are you? This is this is what they because he they killed the priest, right? No, 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 no. He 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 ended up smelling it. The bleach was so profound in the water and the wine that when he went to drink it, he smelled it. So he didn't he didn't drink anything. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the pastor. It, okay. 
It is fair. That's, <laughs> I don't even know what to, because regardless of, of the fact of the, the faith and religion, it's like, what, what are we doing now? Okay. Oh, that, that, right. that sounds crazy to me. Well, thank you so much. I have a question for you three. Now, over the years, they have revamped uh, sentencing for children who they have um, sentenced to life in prison. And a, a few years ago, they decided that the children, they were too young to be able to understand completely what they were doing at the time when they committed these crimes. So they could not be given, I believe, any more than 25 years. Now, do you believe that, okay, you know what, you're 10 and 12, you know exactly what you were doing, this was a history there's been a history of you doing this. So, you know, maybe one time you did it, you kind of lost it. But then, you know, the next time, this is a pattern. And you need to be charged in a, as, as an adult because this is your thing. This is what you do. Or do we have to take into consideration or should we take into consideration that you are a child? And your brain has not quite developed enough to understand the consequences of your actions, so your sentencing should be more lenient. Pastor Jeff. I think that you should, I guess, medically analyze case by case and make sure that there's no, you know, retardation there, <laughs> Okay. And if it's not, you know, these 12-year-olds with, with the, when I'm talking about crimes like that child beating, beating mm-hmm, the death, mm-hmm. you know what you're doing. You know if you keep beating somebody, they, they could die. You, you understand what I'm saying? Unless you have mm-hmm. a, a disability. So I, I, I feel like, like I said, charges as an adult, they need to, you know, keep their butts in jail. You know, the sentence that you would give somebody that does that crime. 12 is not a baby. 12 know what they're doing. 10 know what they're doing when it comes to stuff like that, unless there's a mental thing there, retardation thing or whatever. You know, you know what you're doing at 12. And, you know, it, and when it comes to those type of crimes, rape, murder, you know what you're doing. So okay. I ain't got no sympathy for, for, for a 12-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Or... You know, not even a 10-year-old. I have a 10-year-old daughter. She know good and well she keep hitting a, a baby. You know, you, 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 you're inflicting harm. You're going to kill them eventually if you don't stop. All right? So, I, you know, I ain't got no sympathy Okay. For okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Pastor KL, what say you? Well, I think, I mean, in, in, in that light, yeah, I, I think there should be some consideration. I mean, though I feel as well that, you know, the 12-year-old knew what he was doing, um, 
I, I don't I don't know that the twelve year old in his right mind, you know, knew that he was killing a child. You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes the the child is crying, and you know, I, I know I I I wanted to choke out some children of my, my own, but you know, <laughs> so, you know that that crying just 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 gets to you sometimes. You know what I mean? And you just want it to uh, off button. So I don't I don't think the child wanted to to kill the child in order for it to start. See, he just he or she just she can get frustrated. You know, so so you know now now I'm I'm, I'm flipping it. So to, to give him life in prison, you know, first of all, he he can't even fathom life in prison. You know, to make those kind of decisions that well, if I kill him, I'll go to jail. You know, there there are some teenagers who's not afraid of prison. You know, if I if I do this, I I'll take the L. You know, I, I don't think a twelve year old who, who's who's killing babies. Because you know they won't stop crying, and want to take a L. Okay, okay. Shantice, do you think they need to consider the ages? Because, and you were a little hesitant a minute ago, but now that you've heard some feedback, you know, ten and twelve, you know, they have not mentally developed all the way, um, in some opinions. And they say that, you know, you can't charge them the same way you charge them for, you know, an 18-year-old or 21-year-old. What what do you think? I think there should definitely be some consideration. I I knew of someone who (laughs) who told me that when they were about 12, if they weren't 12 exactly, I think they were 12 that they kept being, not asked, but responsible to babysit. And they didn't want to babysit. And after a while, they got annoyed. And they were asked to wash the child up. And the way they went to wash this child up, it was painful for the child. And I asked, like, well, why would you do that? You know, and they said all they knew was they were just, they weren't upset with the child. They were fed up with the adults for giving them that responsibility. And when you're that young, a lot of the times, you know, you're not computing, like, even how you release how you feel. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be punished. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be dealt with. But, again, who is governing you? At 10 and 12 years old, you are nowhere near old enough to even go purchase your own underwear yet. You know, you you barely just started bathing yourself properly, you know, learning someone's supposed to be teaching you how to properly bathe yourself. You know, so now you're you're doing this. I understand, you know, the, the case by case because we do know there's a whole lot of wickedness in a lot of these children. But even with that, a lot of times, who is governing you? Who is now helping to steer you towards what you should and should be doing. So definitely there should be some punishment, but to try them as an adult and all of that, no, we see how they do the adults. A lot of the adults need better, you know, treatment when it comes to, okay, not just regular incarceration, but there should also be some type of mental treatment and emotional treatment that they don't get. I don't agree with uh, trying them as an, an adult. In that aspect. 
Okay, okay, okay. Thank you so much for your feedback. All right, I got another story for you that we're going to transition into our church folk. So there's a mother who has a son, and I'm trying to see how old the child is. Let's see. All right, so this woman has a son who's in the second grade, and she says whenever they have something in the school, she always makes it her business to make sure he has enough. So they were having a Mardi Gras parade, and she says she bought him $80 worth of throws for the parade so that he would have enough stuff to throw throughout the entire ride. What ended up happening was there was a little girl in the classroom, and she threw all of her stuff out at the beginning of the parade. And the teacher, in turn, made her son share his stuff with her. And the little girl then threw all of the stuff at the same time again, which subsequently left her son without stuff to throw for the duration of the parade. So she reached out to the teacher, and she asked the teacher why did she do that. And she said with a nasty attitude, the teacher responded, well, the girl had nothing left, so I was not going to see and let her go without. It's not fair. So the mother responds, but my son deserves to go without. Shouldn't she buy extra instead of taking away from other children, or am I overreacting is the question that she posed. So let's talk to our pastors. Pastor Jeff, what's your take on this? Was the mother right to be upset because you took her son's stuff and gave it to a little girl that not she it wasn't that she didn't have, but she did have, but she took all of her stuff and threw it at once. Or should she have been made? Should he have been made to share his stuff? Which side of the fence are you on? You already know what side I'm on. He should not <laughs> have, have had to give his stuff up for that girl, and that teacher was wrong. And I would have made a, a hell of a stink about it. Okay, you don't mess with my son's stuff because this girl, you know, threw her stuff out. Not fair. You know what I'm saying? Come on. That she threw her stuff and that was it. It's done. Teach her the lessons of learning how to, uh, you know, regulate or whatever. Okay? Don't be taking my son's stuff. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't went up to the school. I'd have, I'd have made. I'd have made a big stink behind it. All right. You had no right to do that. You know. Okay. So that's where I stand now. All right, Pastor Jeff. 
Pastor KL, what say you? Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't, I didn't turn his mic back on. Pastor, I'm sorry, Pastor KL. What, what, what do you feel about this situation? Well, y'all know how I feel. but but i i would have been furious 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 first of all you know i work hard for my few little dollars you know we're not on the buddy system you know i i listen i i try to teach my children how to share but i'm just not gonna give give stuff away you know for because you decided to just throw all your stuff. Now, if you only had 10, you know, whatever, then you should have threw one at a time. And and every hour on the hour. You know what I mean? But to just throw, throw it all out at one time, that's on you. You know, I, I, I did not buy my child's... I, I thought about this. I planned this thing correctly. And I said, my child has to have. So, therefore... I'm going to buy a whole bunch of stuff so that he's not looking at somebody with puppy eyes, you know, oh, can I get one of yours? You know, no, he got it. And, and you the teacher? Listen, if you felt that bad, why you didn't bring, bring an extra stash for those who didn't have? No, nah, no. Nah, y'all know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right, Shanti. What do you say? I say the teacher was dead wrong. You cannot just take, and this kind of goes back to a couple of days ago we were talking about, like, how you talk to the children, how do you respect the children. You can't just take something from a child because they're a child. They still, again, this is what you're teaching them. So you allow this boy to watch this girl just carelessly get rid of her stuff. Now, because I'm an adult, I can just take from you because you're a child, so you should have nothing to say. You have no feelings behind it. And I take your stuff and give it to someone else. And then on top of that, I watch them not even care for my things the way I'm sure my mama taught me to care for my things. It's disgusting. And she should have got fired for that. It, it, may, it may sound drastic. But if she's doing something like that, God knows what else she's probably doing in, the, in that classroom. Because a lot of people don't understand. This is what you're, you're teaching these kids. So now here you're helping this girl probably be whatever. And so, so, what, so had he thrown some type of tantrum or something, then you as a teacher would have been quick to call the parents and report that. Oh, your child was in here being disrespectful or kept crying or so, but you wouldn't talk about what caused it. You, you wouldn't know. She, she was super wrong. Okay, okay. What, well, was it a racial thing? I don't, I don't see any of that. I, I was looking for that. I don't think there was a, 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 a barrier between the two I, I don't see it they didn't i was looking past jeff i was looking 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 but i don't see where there was any inference they surely didn't say um so it, it just looked like it just could have been any old kind of way so that's what uh th- that's how everybody responded 
I wanted to read some of the responses, and I'm, I'm going to go back. So somebody said, sharing should be voluntary and equitable, not forced. Someone else says, it doesn't matter if it was $5 or 500 It wasn't the teacher's place to steal the kid's stuff and give it to someone else's kid. Someone else said, as a fellow teacher, I would never do that. She said what Pastor Kale said, teachers should have brought extra beads for the class if there were so if they were so concerned and that way you would have dealt with the extra. Um now there is someone who wrote, I think accusing the teacher of stealing and asking for the money back, as many have suggested, might feel good, but would likely impact your son's success at his school for years to come. No teacher, no teacher is going to want to see him coming. So I, I thought about this, this other statement that another person made, and I'm, I want to talk about the Christian side of this. So we have all been asked at the beginning of the school year, please bring eight notebooks, four paper towels, Two boxes of tissues, 20 pencils, this overabundance of school supplies. And this went on for years before I found out. It took till I got to my last daughter that I found out that what they would do is they would now take all of the supplies and put it in a bucket, if you will. And as children needed, they would distribute the books. So if you asked me to bring eight books for my daughter, my daughter, because that, that's always the first question the parent asks. Well, how many, how many pencils you need? You only got one hand that you're writing with. How many books you need? You're only writing in one book at a time. But no, what they were doing was they were accumulating this, this, uh, stock so that they could give to children who didn't have and some people were getting very angry at it and I I have to say that that wasn't flying too well with me because of certain reasons and I'll come back I'll see if one of you three say it but I'll share that later but Pastor Jeff I always like to start with you because you always seem to get the ball rolling nicely so what's your daughter's name Pastor Jeff? Jules Jewels. So you and Nicole go and buy Jewels, all these school supplies you think is for Jewels, and then you find out later on that the teacher has now distributed this to all the children who did not have. What do you feel about that? Well, that as a Christian man, as a Christian man. Uh, we've been dealing with that, you know. That's what her school does, and I, I, it doesn't bother me <laughs> because there really might be some kids that just, you know, their parents don't have it. I'm sure there's some parents that just don't bring it for their kids, but, you know, that doesn't bother me because I guess maybe I'm a Christian man. You know, we're not talking about a whole lot of money, and I'm helping somebody, and if you don't have enough 
for my kid on that. I get her some more. So it's not going to bother me. <laughs> you know. Okay. You know, because that's what goes okay. on. Uh, you know, I, I see it. <laughs> All right, Pastor KL, as a Christian man, how do you feel about this? As a Christian man, God helps those who help themselves. You know, <laughs> help yourself. As a Christian man, I'm, I'm just saying. You know, listen. I wasn't that good at school. I knew I wasn't going to use eight notebooks. I knew that. I didn't want to use the one notebook I had. Listen, and, and my children are just like me. Tommy is not going to use eight notebooks. So I give him one. When you fill it up, we'll get another one. But I'm not going to provide 20 notebooks and 50 pencils. We ain't even got a shopper at the house. No, I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing God help those who help themselves. Okay, okay. Shanti, I'm going to throw a little twist in this for you. So one of, the, one of the comments was, this is why my mom always wrote my name in all of my stuff <laughs> when she went school shopping. Mm-hmm. And the teachers were mad because they could not distribute it the same way. So as a Christian woman... What say you? I say you cannot trick parents into providing for other students, whether it's students who can't afford or students who, like Tasha just said, they can't afford, but the parents probably just ain't bothering with providing either all the school supplies or any of them. That has to be something that is put out there. Because you have to, you can't make choices for people. It sounds like the noble thing to do. You know, it, it's, especially when you're considering parents who really don't have. But you can't make choices for people. And this is another way for them to bully their way into now parents providing for everyone. And, again, you don't know. The, the circumstances of every family. So just because I'm able to send my child with all 20 notebooks, all 15 pencils, so on and so forth of the, the beginning of the school year does not necessarily mean I got it like that. So now you distribute my child's stuff, and now when my child runs out, the ones who don't have are not going to – this ain't no susu. The ones who don't have are not going to now provide for my child. So now you're telling me, oh, you got it. How do you know that? Like, what, like how, how, how does this work? So you're now dictating my pockets. You're now telling me it's the same way, it's the same concept with the paying for the lunch. I don't see a difference. How are you dictating to me what I can afford? God could have made it to where I have just enough for my child to start the school year. If that's the case, then we might as well throw sneakers and, and, and school uniforms and all that in here, too. No, I, I think it's really selfish, and it's, they, they're being really sneaky and conniving in doing that. I don't see that coming from a good place. Mm. All righty, all righty. I'll weigh in at the end. So how does this become a church folk scenario? Pastor Jeff. What do we do in church, or what do you see Christians do that fall in this same line 
as this, whether you want to talk about a parent who gets upset or whether you want to talk about the the powers that be, if you will, those who are running the church, now doing some things behind the scenes that the parishioners don't quite know about, but they figure, oh, God will provide. Well, I know sometimes as a pastor, you know, like we take a, a benevolent offering, and it's supposed to help the, the poor. That offering supposed to go to help the poor. And we'll turn, a, turn around and help somebody in the congregation that's our favorite and give them, you know, we might, we might, you know, I've, I've seen my pastor growing up help one member buy a car because they, that was their favorite, you know, and mm-hmm. you ain't helping none of the other members. Or I've seen my pastor help members buy houses, you know, <laughs> and doesn't know the motive behind it. I mean, I do know the motive behind it now, you know. They were of the female persuasion, and, you know, my pastor was sweet on that particular person you know what i'm saying so Uh you know uh it goes on in the church the same thing you're taking my my offerings and and giving it to where you want to give it instead of it being a general thing and you know to help everybody so the same thing goes on depends on who's in charge all right all righty pastor kl what we talking about here is the same thing happening well, on either side? Yeah, I, I, I would think so. I mean, I, I know a family when when I was coming up in church that that needed light bill money every month. Every month your lights was going out every month, and every month we would have to raise up offering for this lady and her lights. And I I, I just didn't understand it. I mean, I know there's other folks who who had hardship, but it was always this one family that needed light. I'm at a point where why don't we just raise money for candles? Because your lights ain't gonna never stay on, so we need to do something else. <laughs> but I, I I I I I think that was a problem. Every don't laugh at me. Every month it was the same family that that needed help. So yeah, I, I think that was a problem. Okay, okay, Shantis, do you know of any scenarios? where it could fall on either side, whether it's from that parent side or whether from the the, the teacher side? Uh, well, the first thing that came to my mind, Pastor Jeff spoke on the, the offering. Um, and uh, some of these churches not being honest about why the plate is going around 90 pounds. Um, nothing else is really coming Oh, no, I'm lying. Um, When it comes to lunch, (laughs) we've heard of situations where it comes to, like, the the church lunch and how, okay, so the church lunch is distributed so everyone can eat, but there may be a situation where not everyone may not be able to eat or everyone doesn't get the same portion because we're fashioning this aside for this family mm. instead of maybe, you know, letting everyone know, even if you didn't let everyone know who the family was, you know, let's say that the family was like, you know, a little embarrassed, but if the pastor or 
you know, someone else in charge within that congregation would say, hey, you know, there's a family who's in need, you know, if you have whatever amount, you know, and even if you did that and it wasn't in a formal matter, meaning it wasn't during service, you know, so even if it's around the lunch table, you know, or something like that, um, or if whomever decided to go around to each person one by one, but now, you know, everyone doesn't get equally because this is being stashed away. For so while it may be thought like okay, well I'm you know I'm making sure the family eats during and after church, but now what what's up with everyone else during church? Okay, okay, okay. Well, we have a submission submission from a listener, Proverbs nineteen seventeen. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and He will repay him for his deed. Now, um, Pastor KL brought up a scenario where each month this one family or this one individual has to get their lights paid. Should, if it's put out on the table, Pastor KL, I'm asking you, it, was it put out on the table openly? Oh, I keep turning his, he's in the, building a house in the background. Pastor Kale, I'm sorry. So it was it put out openly that, you know, Sister So-and-So needed to get her lights paid? Again? Do you know? Yes. Yes, it's put out okay. openly that, that, again, the lights are going out. Again. Okay. <laughs> okay. So how do you... How do you reconcile that story with this particular Bible verse? Well, okay, so, again, I, I do understand we're supposed to help the poor. But, but, but if you have to have your lights paid every month, you're living beyond your means. You ain't poor. You just made some bad choices. That, that's just how I feel. You're not poor. You just made bad choices. Either your rent is too high, and 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 it can't compensate for the amount of of utilities you're using. There, there, there's something going on of your your decisions, of your choices. I, I don't necessarily think that it's because you're poor. You you've taken on a responsibility that's greater than you, and now you want us to be a part of it. Okay, okay. Well, Shantice has given pretty much kind of like the same um, scenario, but just with food. You know, the, the, the family doesn't have food, and now the church um, has taken on, you know, feeding the family. If this were put out, and I'm going to come coming to you, Pastor Jeff, if this was put out in the open, whether it's sister so-and-so with a or family so-and-so with their lights being out every month or this family doesn't have food or this family needs help with rent, whatever it is, what, what do you feel needs to take place, you know, regarding this issue with these individuals? I think that we need to, we have a problem here. And it's probably mismanagement of of finance, and we we need to literally take that family and begin to t- 
teach them, and, and they and if they want our help, they got allowed to get all up in their business. I don't know how much you're making, what's coming in, and try to structure them a plan, a budget plan on on what to do, instead of just keep paying their light bills, paying this. Because you do that, they'll keep taking that. that. That's what people will do, you know. And they'll take their money and do something else with it and keep begging you, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah, we're to help the poor. And the best way to help the poor is to educate the poor on how to manage money. Okay. And I have a lot of people around me like that that come to me, want to bar, bar, bar. You know, I, I, I had, you know, one of my, you know, deacons recently, you know, you know, he came to me, and I'm like, no, no, you can't have it. Now you got attitude. I ain't seen seen him in a month now, <laughs> you know, because I finally, I finally told him no. Because that's what he does. Him and his wife get their check the first of the month, and they blow it, and then now my baby needs some, some melt money and, and, and this. And, you know, every, and I was like, finally, no, 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 no. Don't you care about the baby? Let the baby starve. That's what I told him. I said, let it starve. You, that's your baby, not my baby. I said, if I see that baby starving, I'm calling the authorities. Because you'll need to stop eating up that wick money you know, from the baby. <laughs> all righty, all righty. Uh, Pastor KL, do you agree that that's how you move forward? Or do you have another suggestion as to how you move forward do you just cut the family off or do you proceed with giving them some type of help or guidance well i I think um pastor jeff you know hit it on the head as far as you know sometimes you have to teach people money management if that is the problem you know what i mean You, you have to you have to see what the source is you know like i said if if you're living beyond your means then there's a problem and we might have to downsize certain things. You know, we might not be able to eat lobster. You know what I'm saying? We might have to have spam. You know, certain things have to change. Just because you have a certain appetite doesn't mean you can afford that which you like all the time. You know, so I, I think sometimes you have to pull them in and say, hey, we can't do this. This is not working for you. This is why you can't pay this. This is why you can't pay that. This is why you don't have enough food, you know. When, when you keep on buying steak as opposed to ravioli, you know, saying that you're living on a budget, you're not going to have enough food. Okay, okay. Shantese, what do you think about those suggestions? Do you think that there's another way you can get this done or they've found a, a good way to, to take care of this problem for the family or the individual? Their suggestions make sense. If you know, if you're going to the church for help and you go maybe one time, you know, that's one thing. When this is something that's ongoing and Pastor Jeff hit something that is really important that a lot of people don't like to do and this is one of the reasons why they're still broke. So you're going to someone that you trust for help. Transparency is going to have to take place. Because you cannot expect to keep going to, especially the same person or same people, with your hand out, whether they're giving you monetarily or whether they're giving you the actual food or whatever. And you don't think at some point someone's going to say, all right, now break this down for me. How is it that every month 
you need such and such. You're going to have to be willing to be open so that God can now guide you through that person or those people how you won't have to always have your hand out. So, yes, we understand as Christians that when we give, everything we do, we must do as if we're doing it directly for God and for Jesus. Yes. At the same time, there is discernment <laughs> that God blesses us with. And God is not going to have you live in the way that you're always going to have your hand out. There's going to be a time where he's going to dry that up so now you can do for yourself so that you can also not only do for yourself, but that now you can be someone who helps the next person. So don't think it's strange when the pastor comes to you and says, all right, I need a breakdown of what's going on because we need to come up with a permanent solution. This isn't a permanent solution. You come in every month is not a, that, that's, that's not, that can't be the remedy every month. So I, I think those are really good suggestions. All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Kale, and Shantice. We thank God for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. You as well. You too. Thank you. Thank have you. Day, you well. Thank you. All righty. Let's see. All right. So, you know what? Let's uh, take this time to go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, God of all mankind, our God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, God, we come before you and we say thank you. Thank you for just inviting us into your day, dear God. Thank you for loving us so much that you kept us overnight, even through our sleep, dear Heavenly Father, that you made the decision to allow us to enter into this day, God. And we thank you for another investment in our, into our lives. God, so many things were said here today that we can take so much from God. And I pray that every listener, even the due time crew, the Heavenly Father, heard from you this morning. God, these words mean the exact same thing across the board, but yet can mean something very different to each individual, dear Heavenly Father. And God, whether they hear it now live or whether they hear it later, next week, next month, next year, we pray, dear Heavenly Father, that their ears would be in tuned to what you have to say, that their hearts would be receptive, that their spirit would meet you and understand that you want a better life for us, dear Heavenly Father. That the way we are possibly living, the way we make decisions, God, is it may not be your way. Lord, we started off talking about uh, uh, families who had to share. And, and what the attitude ultimately is with the sharing, God. And we pray that you adjust accordingly. Sometimes we do things, God, the wrong thing for the right reasons, and sometimes we do the right thing for the wrong reasons, dear Heavenly Father. So we're asking that you deal with, with each individual situation accordingly, God, and that, again, as the words are being given, that we, even those of us who are ministering today, dear Heavenly Father, would 
digest this in a special way, in a way that we could learn even more than what we knew before this conversation even started, and now we can bless your people with what you've taught us to do today, God. We thank you, God, that we are not the news. How many opportunities have we had to be one of these stories that have been told today? And we pray to Heavenly Father for your great rescue. We pray to Heavenly Father that you decided to pull us out, pull us and separate us, God, and just teach us in a different way opposed to some of these heavy consequences that some of these people are going to deal with. God, we pray for this family who now they don't have parents. Their mothers are now in jail, God. Now, it wasn't like they were doing much when they were involved, God, but now mom is out of the equation altogether, God. we, We pray that you just deal with their thinking, deal with the mother's, And help them understand where their negligence was, God. Even more so than the blatant, I shouldn't have gone to the the casino. Just those little, just small things that we all do, God. That's just negligent, and we it just passes us. We pray, God, that you open up not just their, their eyes, but our eyes and our understanding, God. Lord, we pray for this 10-year-old and this 12-year-old. There's a journey ahead of them, God, and we pray that you handle this the way it needs to be handled. Move the pieces on the chessboard, God, where the people who will speak over these two lives will be a blessing. They would consult you, God, over what to do with these lives. Lord, we pray for the other children. We pray for them, God, and, 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 and where they're going to be placed, who they're going to be placed with, God. And we pray that you help them heal because how many of them witnessed what happened? So, Lord, we just pray that you just cover this entire family, even those who are just a part of the family, God, that they can all work together to get your, your will intact. No, we're just grateful that we're able to even cover these stories because it helps us to deal with things differently. It helps, it teaches us all that's there. And we pray for a microscopic view of all the things that we talk about. And we thank you for including us in your great plan. We pray for every listener to Heavenly Father that they would hear and just tell Tell everyone they know so that we all can be blessed and more and more people are blessed each and every day, God. We thank you again for just loving us in a special way. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Ah. Mm. We got some stuff before us today. Wow. All right, so... Let me go back to make sure I cover. All right, so we've got this situation with um, the 10-year-old and the 12-year-old, and, you know, I do believe that as as much as we know they are aware 
of of what they're doing. You know, there there is a part of them and their brain that has not developed. And that's one of the reasons why you heard me ask God to just allow the proper things to be put into place. That, you know, it just won't be this cookie-cutter um, punishment because they need to be handled. They need to be dealt with accordingly. They need to be, um, everything that they've gone through needs to be taken into consideration. You know, it's hard to believe that a, a child who's been known to be violent with younger children don't know that eventually there's death. But you know what? We can't speak into that 10 and 12-year-old mind. And there's a, a possibility that they don't understand, you know, um, what's going on. Shantice said it herself, you know, there are things that even adults aren't aware of. <laughs> that, you know, when, when they get into trouble, they need to go into some, you know, mental uh, care and therapy and counseling. You know, so if we, we're doing that for adults, then definitely these children need to uh, be handled in that manner. We talked about the fact of, you know, the, the teacher who made the child give um, his stuff over and, you know, to the little girl who did not have, you know, a concern about her stuff or his stuff, or his stuff, because when she got his stuff, she did the same thing. She didn't even think at that time. We don't know what's going on in her house, that she has not been taught, you know, to, you know, be careful with what you have and be a good steward over what you have and to to move Realistically and logically If you want something for the entire time You're going to have to take your time You know Or you're going to run out And you're going to have to learn to be without You know I do believe that the teacher was absolutely wrong Um, She could ask You know Does anybody want to give Mary And if everybody said no And I did not think to bring extra as the teacher Then then little Mary going to have to do without But you surely cannot take from someone else and just automatically assume that this is fine because you don't think it's fair. You didn't contribute into that, uh, the the, the belongings that he had. So you have no say over that. This other issue with giving out the school supplies or or taking them and stocking them and now giving out to children who don't have, it is stealing. No matter how we no matter how we look at this thing, it's stealing. You took this merchandise under the guise that you were going to use it for the child that brought it in. Now, if you want to be generous, why don't you put that in your initial school list? We do have children who may not be able to afford. If you can afford to buy an extra pack of pencils, an extra roll of paper towels, an extra notebook, we would greatly appreciate it, and so would the families. You do not take somebody's stuff and now give it out without people knowing what you're doing. 
That's thievery. And no matter how much we want to look at this as benevolence, it's not benevolence. If I don't know I'm being benevolent, if I don't know I'm giving it out, then how am I even going to be credited? I, I can't close my eyes and just say, okay, well, you know, Shantice's stuff went to, you know, uh, uh, into the school bucket, and I'm okay with that because just like Shantice said, there's an assumption that the next time Shantice needs, I'm going to have. So what happens when Shantice needs? Now, now I have to worry about how I look because, or she has to worry about how she looks, or I have to, have to worry about how she looks because now I don't have it. Now I may have to go and borrow. No, no, that, that's not God's plan. God says, be upfront. Make what you do known. Because everything that you do in the dark is going to come to light. And think about how many years they've been doing this. And we, I tell you, it was for years. It was years before I realized that Tamasia's stuff was actually going to other children. And when I found out it was, they ended up, I don't know how one of the uh, little boys ended up um, saying he didn't have school supplies. And what we did was we had some extra money and we went and we bought a whole, the whole list and we put it in a book bag and we gave it to him. We didn't give it to him in front of everybody, but it was done discreetly. And that's what God wants us to do. Give us an opportunity to be loving, to be benevolent, to take charge and to do the things that he wants us to do. That's when your blessings come back. You don't steal people's things. Now, you know, they got into this issue and this talk of, hey, you know, are you going to continue to do uh, give to these people or are you going to educate them? Education is the key. But the people have to be amenable. And that's what I'm finding a lot of Christian people are not. When you try to ed- educate them, like Pastor Jeff and um, Pastor KL and Shanti said, you know, educate them, pull them to the side and say, listen, you're going to have to lay this out. And when we lay this out, we're going to come up with a plan. Why are we coming up with the plan? Well, because you keep asking us. So we're going to help you help you. But you've got to be amenable. They've got to be amenable. And if they don't, then they may have to suffer the consequences. But until then, do it the way God would want you to do it. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for helping us do what we do and sharing in the conversation. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now. Because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Wow Wednesday. Until then, I love you.
Thank you.